Hey, my love, welcome to the show. Before we begin, I have some really incredibly exciting news to share with you. You may or may not know, but I run a program called The Scale Squad. And The Scale Squad is my business program where I help coaches grow and scale their business, grow and scale their impact, make more money, work less, and change the freaking world. Why am I telling you this? Because if you are a coach and if you've been watching my journey, maybe following along on social media, and you know where I came from, the struggle the trauma, the having no money, the having really shitty money beliefs and not feeling like I was smart enough or confident to do anything. And in 2018, my husband and I had our second baby. We were broke, had no money and were in the largest amount of debt we'd ever gotten ourselves into. And I said, that's it. I'm going to launch my coaching business. Now, mind you, it was the worst time for me to do this. And I share more about this in my book. And for those of you that have read it, It was the worst time possible, but it was all I knew how to do. I was not going to go back to struggling. And I knew inside, maybe like you, that I was built for more, that I was here for more impact. I knew that I could do it. I just needed to find the right way to launch it. Within the first 11 months of our business, we grossed $160,000. Now, when I tell you that the profit was high, we had no one on our team, but the stress was high. The hustle was high. Following year, I launched the Sisterhood in a Group Coaching program. I launched retreats and launched the online Sisterhood, which is our other program for mindset. Within that year, we made $554,000 in our business, half a million dollars. When I tell you that I have no business creating that, that I had no knowledge about what we were going to impact and how we were going to do that as coaches and that we were burnt out. I was just burnt out trying to help people, trying to do what I could do, figuring it out. After investing, I don't know, $150,000 on coaches and business structures, masterminds and groups, and we still invest, we were able to crack the code and build our Fempire success model, which is how we run the Scale Squad. If you are a coach right now and you are active in your coaching business and you are helping people and you are ready to make more money in your business, you are ready to make more impact, you know you came here to play big, you know you came here to support people and you wanna be guided by someone who's done it before and you resonate with my vibe, then I wanna invite you to apply to the Scale Squad. It may be a fit for you, I don't know if it is, But if you're interested in doing this and you are active in your coaching business and you know you should be wealthy and successful, you want to add an extra 10 to 30K a month to your bottom line, then the Scale Squad could be a fit for you. Head to the link inside of the show notes of this podcast or go to thequeenofconfidence.com, click on Biz Mentoring and check it out. All right, without further ado, that is a very freaking long intro, but I wanted you to know about this because I love you and I know you listen. And if you're interested in business and you want me to help you, we may be able to. All right, let's get on with the show. Hola, hola. It's your girl, Erica from America. Welcome to the Confidence Chronicles podcast. This podcast is all about helping you stand in who you are. Stop giving a fuck what people think about you. Start standing as your fully expressed self. As you are, as is, there is no filter needed. You are fucking awesome, and I am here to remind you. I'm a confidence coach, and I'm a bold stand for confidence, and I cannot wait to dig into today's episode with you. Hello, my loves. We have a very special episode for you today. We are doing all things unspoken with this absolute boss woman who is a dear friend and has been in my world for a very long time. 
gorgeous Cherie Rubenstein. She is the founder of One Roof, which is well known as Australia's number one co-working space dedicated for women. She is all about uplifting women, women supporting women, and us making more money and creating the wealth that we need to be creating. She is known as the queen of community. Yeah, yeah, we love her. I have known her, oh my God, since I started the sisterhood. One of my first events was held at her physical space that she had. She has pivoted her ass off during this pandemic. She is rewriting what women working together and business looks like in her world. And in this episode, we talk a lot about the unspoken things that women do not discuss. I know you're going to love this episode. She is the bomb. Without further ado, please Enjoy this episode. Gorgeous, Cherie, welcome to the podcast, woman. I'm so excited to be here. It's like you said, Erica, I think it's been two years <laughs> in the making of this episode. Oh my gosh, two years. So I, I want you all to know that the beautiful Sheree and I have a history or um, One Roof and I have a history. When I found your beautiful venue, it was our second sisterhood day ever that we had uh, at your old venue that you used to have. And then I met you and your whole team. And I'm like, how old is this woman? She's so young. She's got a team. She's a boss. Like, holy crap, I need to hang around this woman. And here we are. I don't even know, like two, I think three years later. Yeah. Wow. A little bit's happened, hey? I know. You're a mama, you're a boss still. Um, so for anybody who's listening to this and doesn't know about you and the work that you do, can you tell us about your beautiful self? Sure. So I run One Roof. We are a digital membership for female leaders and entrepreneurs. We used to be a co-working space and a co-working operator for women-led businesses, but that went out the window thanks to COVID and we did the old pivot um, quite successfully and have been able to build this beautiful online community for women across Australia and even globally. We have 700 members and it's been a year since the pivot. Um, And yeah, just having an amazing time being able to support women. I am just beyond passionate about removing the barriers that exist for women to succeed and literally just smashing through every glass ceiling um, that has gotten in our way. Oh my gosh, 700 members. Mm. Ah, a beautiful transition as well did this kind of happen for you when the pandemic hit or was it before you guys were doing this it it was very much the result of the pandemic I had always had plans to create a virtual community but um, I didn't know when and how I was going to do it and at the time pre-COVID everything like I was building a co-working empire I was really inspired by the wing and I wanted to create an Australian version you know these beautiful spaces and clubs for women-led businesses and corporate women and entrepreneurial women to come and work and connect and create and invest and support and have you know kid spaces for kids and breastfeeding rooms and business lounges and so I was going on that path of creating bricks and mortar spaces Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, when COVID hit, I just lost all confidence in the business model and I can't believe it's been like nearly two years. Um, yeah, I returned the capital to my investors, which is 
Yeah, wild. Like I don't know that any founder, I don't know any other founder who has done something like that, particularly in the earlier stages of building their business for their startup. Um, wow. And so that was the one of the biggest calls I've made in my business journey. And a lot, yeah, a lot shifted. Very we're giving you, We're giving you massive high fives, all the women listening to this right now, because you know, the, the courage, right. The belief in self and the unknown and walking that rope, where do you, how was your upbringing and your role modeling growing up? Like, were you always like, I'm going to do all the things, or is that something that you kind of learned along the way? My, so I'm uh, the eldest of three children. Um, so I'm very much that kind of, uh, that typical eldest personality, you know, want to help others, carrying the family, carrying my brothers, carrying my parents, type A personality, yeah. always <laughs> wanted to do well, high achieving, you know, at school was just like really always wanted to do well, very studious. My parents uh, ran their own business always and decided wow. very early on that in order to both work full time and raise three children, they were going to run part of the business from home. So they, at one point in my childhood, turned our living room into an office and, and <laughs> every day, Monday to Friday, we had seven office staff working in this small house for wow. three children. And it was wild. And we joke that we grew up in a business. Like it, there was wow. no separation, which is funny because now like they were just ahead of their time. Everybody's working from home now. Exactly. I'm like, everybody's in their house doing this. How crazy, how good for you guys to see that as well. Yeah. Good and hard. Very yeah, hard. Yeah. You know, the, the business, uh, it was very challenging for my parents and um, there's been a lot of struggle in building that business and, and uh, incredibly hard work ethic and no ability to switch off. And so yeah. we were just consumed by the business and work. And I didn't mind that. Like I didn't mind coming home and sitting and, you know, going to the dining room table while there's a meeting going on and just sitting and listening in. My brother yeah. struggled more than me. It, it was, you know, there was very little time just to talk about life and, and no time mm -hmm. to really switch off. So, but, you know, we've all, we all three of us of the children have this ridiculous work ethic wow. um, that's been carried through. And actually I think a lot about my grandma who passed away last year, my dad's mum, yeah. who worked and full-time until she was 85 as a real estate wow. agent. So that work ethic has just, just gone down through the generations. Wow. I do you know what I love is that it's so different. It's just like, we're going to do what works for us. Like the parents who are digital nomads and have like five kids and they're traveling everywhere. I'm like, how do you do this? Like normal people don't do that. And it's like, cool. Like normal people don't do that. And you're definitely not a normal person. You just, you know, build and do and believe in what you can do. And that's amazing that your parents did that. And sorry for your grandma. That's really hard. Mm -hmm. Wow. 85 wow. boss 85. woman. And just, you know, a total matriarch, like wow. worked full time, volunteered at the aged care homes, even when she was in her eighties, you know, ran fundraisers, and then always had time to cook a meal and have hundreds of people over for dinner. And there was always enough food for extra people. And so my grandma, understood, like she knew the purpose of life. Yeah. I think she nailed it. Yeah. She Very, sounds like a boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. So let's talk about your thought process, like wanting to build this. So mm. were you in school and you saw the wing or how did that kind of, you know, I always get interested in knowing where people see their driving inspiration from. Yeah, so I guess I, you know, with this kind of high achieving, a bit more about my journey. So 
very high achieving, did well at school. My parents said to me, why don't you study law? Like, you know, you like writing and go down that path. And so it was amazing from the moment I was quite a confident kid. And then the moment I finished school and went to university, I felt I lost all my confidence. It just dissipated in a day. And it was like built this incredible fear around public speaking, um, uh, went through years of uh, a lot of anxiety and um, the anxiety for me was it kind of came out in like blushing. I used to get quite mm. like my cheeks would go quite red and then I'd have this like circular anxiety about my cheeks going red and then they'd go red and I didn't yeah. know what any of this was. I'd never had conversations about what anxiety was, but I carried that with me for a long time. And in hindsight, I think where a lot of that anxiety came from was this underlying belief that because I'm a woman, because I'm like short and nice and, you know, uh, gentle and kind and all of these things, I can't be six. And I blush and I get nervous and embarrassed and I'm a bit scared of, and I was shit scared at the time of public speaking. I can't ever be successful. And so I just carried this deep narrative, this story that I will never be successful um, because of all of those things. And so when I started, I I ended up getting a job at a top tier corporate law firm. And, you know, the world said to me, wow, Sheree, well done. It's one of the best firms. Like you're amazing. You're smart. How good's this? And all I felt was like absolute shit and like the biggest imposter. And I remember the days where, you know, I had um, anxiety attacks and I'd be in the bathroom and I'm like, what am I doing? Who am I? Who is this person? Um, And so wrapped up in all of that and all of that uncertainty, I started to realise the stories and experiences of women in in the workplace and in the corporate world and, you know, the lack of women in positions of leadership, what happens when women go on maternity leave, um, you know, women not talking up in business meetings, mansplaining, Mm. um, you know, yeah, just the, the constant discrimination or the barriers that exist for us along our journey because we're women and I the messaging for me was you're a woman so your career is going to be diminished like your ambition will be diminished um and that was where I just built up this passion as well to to unwavering passion to want to make a difference and it started very small but incremental steps that grew into starting a business you know to to How old were you at that time when you were working in that law firm and hearing all of that? I was 24, 23, 24. Yeah. That's huge. And you were already like listening, paying attention, seeing the patterns, what was going on. Yeah. And I had a colleague who I, another graduate who I, I, they put us in an office together and I never thought I'd make good friends working in law because I was like, I'm just a complete fish out of water. How am I going to make friends here? And the two of us became best friends, like oh. incredibly close. And I remember the day we used to just talk for hours. <laughs> and the day she turned to me and she said to me, so she asked me if I was a feminist. And I I knew that the answer should be yes, but I hadn't ever thought about why or I didn't have an identity towards being a feminist. And it just, 
it started this conversation and she was like, Sheree, go and read these books, like the wife drought and, um, you know, go and read articles about Julia Gillard, who was the prime minister at the time and the issues that she's facing. And Mm. we'd open up these conversations and it was like, all of a sudden I had language and research around something I'd been feeling for so long, but couldn't articulate and, and put into, like, I didn't understand why I was so anxious and so uncomfortable and so like this fish out of water that Mm. just was so disconnected from myself. Um, Yeah, and that started a journey and then the journey started with volunteering with a not-for-profit called Fitted for Work, um, which is, and they support women to, um, women who experience disadvantage to Mm. to gain financial independence. And, um, yeah, from there just started running networking events for women um, and I can go on, but, yeah, the story kind of grew from, from that point. Oh my goodness. So back to like college. So you went to college. Mm-hmm. Did it just like, cause you were saying I was confident. It was good. Did something happen in college? Did you notice something or did you feel something when you were in college? Like that kind of went, Oh, like. I think I went from school where I worked, I studied hard. I knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. I was kind of at the top of the class to university where I actually didn't care about the topics. I didn't yeah feel connected to what I was learning. And so, and I couldn't keep up in the classes. And so I think that started this public speaking fear because I was like, if someone calls on me, I have no idea what's going on and I don't know what to say. Mm. And then coupled with that, I was in a room full of highly intelligent people who, you know, and I was, I had jobs. I had like three or four jobs and volunteering stuff while I was studying. And so I felt that there were just a lot of people who weren't working. They were just so focused on their legal studies and their legal career. And I just, yeah, I just lost confidence in myself and, and, and being in this environment but this kind of type A personality environment that I couldn't keep up in. And so that uh, fear and that lack of confidence was just so overwhelming. And I cried like, oh, just the the tears that I cried. I remember telling my mom and she couldn't really understand and no one could give me like language around what was going on. No one told me I was anxious. I no one spoke about anxiety. Yeah. It was like Um, never talked about back then. Like we was like, what is that? Yeah. No. I, and you know, when I had these kind of, uh, yeah, like moments of um, uh, kind of not hyperventilating, but like having these kind of breakdown moments and being in the bathroom going, what, what's going on with me? Like, I don't understand what's happening. And I couldn't, I couldn't make sense of it. I couldn't mm-hmm. make sense of that. So I just, yeah, my like late teens, early twenties were hard. Like there was Im- immense pressure that I put on myself and I couldn't work out why I was so anxious. And I didn't even have the words to say that, that it was anxiety. Yeah. And it sounds like too, like you just don't know. Cause I think when back in the day when I was 23, I was like, someone's like, you got to do the work. I'm like, what, what kind of work? Like I have a job, like what, what's work? Like, what is this? How do you unravel this if you don't? And it wasn't talked about, you know, what anxiety is or social anxiety or public speaking. It was just like, I'm same as you type A, like, just go, just do it, just make it happen. And it's like, it's not working, you know, and you get these meanings about yourself that, like you said, I'm not successful. I'm not going to be able to do this. Was there anyone that you met there or any books or anything that you maybe learned or picked up that helped you get out of that? Or was it kind of just time and experience? For me, so I have this interesting thing when I'm at my lowest and my darkest, 
my reaction to that is to hit it head on and go and do something that (laughs) throws me completely out of my comfort zone, which is, I think, odd. And maybe you, Erica, can relate to that. I don't know. But for me, it's if I sit at home um, in my bed, just feeling like shit about it, I will get deeper and lower and lower and lower. So I just need to get out there. And I actually always found that being in environments where I didn't know anyone, I was actually more comfortable because I could blush and feel anxiety and not be myself, but no one knew me. So it didn't matter. Um, and so I'd push myself so hard. Like I'd go to networking events and I, I started doing, um, My dad put me through a Dale Carnegie course um, when I was 20 and then I just realised how fucked up everybody is and I was like, wow, okay. That was just like normal. (laughs) Yeah, and then I did an NLP course and I did a women's leadership program like out in the bush and I I was always the youngest, always. Like I I was, and I was just, I just threw myself into these things and, and, um, Toastmasters to learn, you know, like try to get comfortable with public speaking. So for me, it was those things. And as I, you know, I still remember like some intense fears around public speaking. One in particular where I was working at the law firm and I had to give this talk and the talk was actually a very like successful case that I'd managed. And so it should have been, I should have been really excited about it, but I remember how nervous I was and my friends walked in at the last minute to support me and watch me. And I just flipped out and I walked out of the room and I left the building and I walked, I was like, it was 101 Collins Street in the city and I was just walking around the building like flushing red and freaking out and I was like, I can't do this. And, you know, anyway, that was a pretty low challenging moment. Yeah. But um, got back in there and did it and told my friends a month later what happened and they actually couldn't believe it. They had no idea. Wow. Um, but, yeah, I a lot of those moments of pushing myself, getting out of my comfort zone, standing up and giving a talk, even when I'm so terrified, it's like, I feel like I want to die has helped me a lot and helped me to work through the anxiety and to know that I know I'm going to be anxious. I know I'm going to be nervous. And then I know I'm going to feel really good afterwards because I push myself out of my comfort zone. So I can roll with it more without hating myself for feeling those feelings. I just want to say freaking high five to you because I know that those listening or watching this right now are probably like, oh my gosh, that's me. I hate public speaking. I get red, I get anxious or, you know, I have a lot of clients that might have anxiety attacks and like panic attacks and can't, you feel like you can't get out and you can't calm yourself down. And, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, that sounds terrible to go speak and then run out of the building, like just know that this incredible woman now speaks regularly, um, shows up, is a total boss. And Mm -hmm. even for you, it was like, this is the worst moment ever and, and you overcome it. So I just want to acknowledge you because it is, I think people think, oh, Cherie's really great at that. Or she's a great businesswoman, or she's so young, but she's so driven. She must've had X, Y, Z. And it's like, just hearing one of those stories goes to show you like, actually that, that horrible thing you had to move through was actually why you're good at it. And you ran to, it sounds like you ran to the work, like more people (laughs) meeting more things, getting the training that I need, like immersing yourself in the solution. Yeah. Yeah. That was big for me. And I will say that I still get nervous every single time I get up on the stage, I am shitting myself. I can't, (laughs) people are talking to me. I don't even know what they're saying. I'm like deep in somewhere else. And yet I've done it 
thousands of times and and people will say to me wow you're such a natural and I laugh and I tell them I'm not a natural I've worked so hard for this and I know that in order to feel comfortable I need to be prepared I need to have notes I need to know what I'm gonna say I am so prepared I go I like spend days before a public speaking thing going (laughs) over it in my head in my sleep in the shower nothing is off the cuff for me in I mean you know, little things are like this conversation, but but only because I've talked about each other too. Done it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I get nervous every single time. Yeah, I love that. It's it's so important too because I think we 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 compare ourselves, right? You know, the women that that we work with, like they like, oh, that person over there is doing that, and we only get to see the amazing part. And that's exactly like what you just said is exactly the thing I talk about in my book of like confidence feels like shit. Like, yeah, you did a TED talk, and oh my gosh, Sheree did a TED talk. She's amazing. Brene Brown killed it. But I'm like, did you see her the five minutes before she got on the stage? Like, she had skin marks and was and was nervous. And she, Brene Brown was like, almost didn't meet Oprah. Like was like, I'm going to throw up in Oprah's face. And like, I could imagine throwing up in Oprah's face and being like, am I speaking to her? She's staring at me like what's actually happening. But it looks like we're so we're so calm and collective. And actually, most of us are scared as hell to mess up because we care so much. And we're human. That's part yeah. of who we are. And if we talk about it, then we know it's okay. Of course, we're nervous and shitting ourselves and feel like we're going to throw up. It's yeah. part of it. And <laughs> Brené Brown also talks about how she had this vulnerability hangover yeah. after giving the TED Talk. And I, I also think that's a big thing because, you know, I am all about sharing very openly and mm. honestly and putting things out there that are deep. And, you know, I've gone through pregnancy loss and, and talked about that very openly openly and you can feel good but also shit afterwards like yeah. it's important this it's part of that process and I yeah it's anyway it's so important to share these things yeah and I think too like the more you get to do that and the more I guess I don't want to say negative effects that you get but the more people are shocked or the more it's a big you know that's a huge thing to talk about I also openly talked about that and you know I think that the more you do that and the more scared you are to, the more you realize, oh, this is like taboo. Like no one talks about this. This is something that a lot of people feel, but people don't discuss. And mm-hmm. so I, I feel like it makes it even more powerful. So I feel you on that. And and I want to say to you, you have always fostered this kind of environment of acceptance and equality and everyone. And it hasn't been, I don't know much about feminism, like the name, because I don't like to call myself in anything because I don't want to label myself. I'm just am, and you just are, and we just be, you know? Um, And some of the stuff I've read is like really out there. I'm like, oh no, but then other parts I understand generally it's an awesome thing. Um, But I've always felt with you, it's, it's felt like it's, it's a roar, but it's not like, ah, you're not like fighting the system. And a lot of women we speak to is like, eh, the patriarchy. And it's like, you see some people that go so hardcore at the patriarchy that they become that same kind of energy, you know, that, that what you're fighting for becomes, what do you feel like has helped you like stay grounded and kind and still fucking strong and powerful? Mm, it's a really good question. I just... When I see women step out of their comfort zone and do something they never thought possible and, you know, fight back or, um, yeah, step out of the system and the way that the system has told us that we need to be, 
it's just what drives me. Like I, I, sometimes I don't even, I can't even articulate. The feeling is just so strong for me. This frustration that I have that women are stuck in a system that tells us how we should be, that puts incredible amounts of pressure on us. You know, we need to look a certain way. We are, we need to have children. We need to be the primary carers. We need to, all this bullshit that is, you know, we, we are fighting that. Like we just have to fight that every single day. And I just, yeah, when I see women stand up for themselves and if I can support them in doing that, it's just, it's everything to me. Um, and I guess I also, I'm just really driven by connection. Like I, I just a lover of people. Like I, (laughs) I want to support people. People have supported me, like my whole business. I will always say, I actually don't really Google things when I don't know the answer. I actually go to people. I ask them, I call people, I nurture and build these relationships where I'm like, what Mm. did you do? You know? And I, and I've lost the fear now of like, oh, I'm younger than you. So I won't have anything to offer or I'm, you know, I'm just like, mm. I, 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 yeah, people are just so much a part of my journey and people have opened doors for me and people have helped me build the business that I have created. And without that, I would not have built this business. And so I'm so grateful for the support that I've gotten. And I just want to keep giving back. And I think that that's what this world needs. Like we just mm. need to be there to support each other, kindness to ourselves, kindness to others. And so it just runs deep in who I am. And you are like, you've always been such a connector and getting people together and you don't collect 700 members without being like, I'm the same people person. I love people. (laughs) Just like, I miss love events so much because I just want to squeeze all the women. Um, And I really believe that there's this ancient, I don't know, this ancient old uh, tribal village thing about us as women that we used to come together. We used to share, we used to connect, we used to pass our babies around. Like, and I feel like we've lost that, you know, in, in our modern society. And I feel like every woman, when they see that, and that's what I see in you, and that's what drew me to you is like, we, we like, Hey, Hey elder, like I see you. <laughs> I feel that like womanness that wants to connect and serve and, and care and look after each other. And, and we build these tribes of supportive, incredible women who are really there to have your back. And, you know, in our narrative, we don't see the catty uh, women who are gossipy. Like I, I never see that. I don't even know what dimension they live in. I'm like, where, like who sees that? Mm-hmm. Um, And it's such a crazy thing. People talk about that, but I'm like, no, like we attract the same kind of amazing, powerful women. And it's like, be who you want to attract. If you can be that in the world, you will find us because here we are. Hey, my love, just a real quick interruption. I want to let you know that our Scale Squad coaching program is open. Applications have opened up. So if you're listening to this episode and you're like, damn, I want to be a part of this tribe. I want to grow and scale my business. I want you to know that you can apply now. You just head to thequeenofconfidence.com, click on Biz Mentoring, and fill out your application. This is for women in coaching. So if you are a coach and if you're currently active in your coaching business and you want to grow a scalable coaching business that can help you impact more people minus that hustle. We don't want to do the hustle. If you want to build and grow an engaged audience of raving fans, if you want to attract some high caliber clients into your business and you want to consistently hit your financial goals, especially hit the multiple six figures in your coaching business. Hell yeah, that's what we about. And you want to be surrounded by an incredible support system of successful female coaches, the women who are on this podcast now and more 
and build authority as a recognized leader in the coaching space, that's the shit that's going to change the world. Scale Squad could be a fit for you. So head to the website, go to the link in the bio, click in the show notes, go to thequeenofconfidence.com, get your application in there. I will get all applications to my office. And if you are successful, you could be joining us in the squad so we can double your income and double your impact. All right, let's get back to the episode. Okay, I want to talk about the Unspoken Conference because you pivoted, which is freaking huge, like high five. That is massive. So many amazing businesses shifted mm-hmm. to this online space and you didn't just shift to this online space. You created a global community that supports each other. And you guys put on this incredible conference. Was it a three day or five day? Five day. Conference. Five day. Mm-hmm. Wow. High five. Mm-hmm. Five day conference. What? I mean, you've answered this already, but like, what was your intention around it and your expectation? Like, what did you want to happen with this um, and the purpose of this? I just have this deep seated value and belief that if we share the unspoken conversations that affect women, that hold women back in business, in life, Mm. we can, we can create change. And obviously it requires more than just conversation, but it needs to start there. And I think there's so many taboo topics that affect us that we don't talk about, or we kind of talk about it, but we're like, yeah, cool. Being a mom's hard, whatever, move on. It's like, no, no, let's go there. Like how brutal is it being a mom and running a business? What goes on day to day? What, you know, exactly. How exhausting is it for you, Erica, with your (laughs) children at home, homeschooling, like you said, for the past two years it's like it's been school holidays for two years while your business is doing so well and it's growing and so it's like the the challenges in all of that you know the moments like the existential crisis moments I've had when my daughter is sick Mm. and I'm like I'm done I can't do it I can't do life like it's just we we have you know we have those moments and I just, yeah, I think it's just so important to talk about it. And that's what that conference was. And Erica, you were there and you were one of the speakers. Yeah. And it was every topic from money. Like what is, you know, what is your net wealth? How much do you want your net wealth to be? Do you want to make money? And you were so amazing in answering those kind of questions to, you know, topics around discrimination, um, men and the role that men play, Um, you know, and, and really like the hidden barriers and challenges that are holding women back and, and really the things that are unspoken. Um, I want to bring those unspoken things to, to the stage. I have, maybe I should, (laughs) maybe I should share something unspoken that I haven't shared now. Yes. We love unspoken. So I did mention this to Erica. I wasn't sure if I was going to share it, but I will. So I believe that, and Erica is big on this, and it's all the work that you do, is that women, as women, we just need to do the internal work. And part Mm. of that is, yes, there's a system. The system is broken. It's fucked up. We all know it. Mm -hmm. But we our ability to change that system really starts and comes from how we change ourselves and how we lead ourselves. And so I just think that internal work of knowing who we are, what success means to us, how much money we want to make, what impact we want to have, what sacrifices are we willing to make mm-hmm. is going to, sh- how we want to work. Like this hustle culture is just bullshit to me. I don't believe yeah. in it anymore. And yeah. so if you create or design all those 
you know, um, yeah, like the ways that you want to be in work is so important. And so I'm on a journey, as we all are, doing a lot of work. I'm currently in living in the Byron Shire. I'm kind of stuck here. I'm trying to get back to Melbourne. And I guess part of being here is there's a more openness to spirituality, to, um, you know, different kinds of medicines, to different kinds of programs. And so Not long ago, I did a program. It was a leadership program, learning all about rites of passage, and that's for another time, but it was an incredible program that I learned. And then I did a psychedelic medicine, Um, and this was one day and a very short but intense experience. It's often referred to this particular medicine as 15 years of therapy in 15 minutes. Wow. And it was really uh, quite profound and game-changing and it was a month and a half ago and I've had a lot of incredible insights and, um, you know, I keep thinking how publicly do I talk about it but here is that unspoken thing that is awkward and uncomfortable and not mainstream but it has really shifted my thinking and it's supported me with some deep narratives and stories that I struggle with, things like, you know, needing to build a big business and make lots of money in order to be successful and be worthy. Like that is bullshit. Girl, me too. Yes, I love it. We twins. Yeah, yeah. And and also things like I have this deep thing about saving my parents and saving my family. They've had a lot of money and business and things issues and, you know, whatever. And so I'm like, I come in and I can be the savior and that's bullshit. No one wants to be saved. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's been some huge revelations and, and obviously like I go back to my day-to-day life and there's my ego and there's my bullshit and it's still there, Yeah. but there's just big shifts in my deep narratives and beliefs. And it's been Mm. very profound. Oh my God. First of all, thank you. I love you for sharing that because I'm about to do some unspoken with you too. I will to my audience because I talk about this a lot and I don't really speak about my spirituality or my journey in that space. But I had set up to do a journey because my husband does shamanic work and he's all up in that and he's got his rights and initiations and it's incredible. And I was really scared. And I don't know about you, but back in the day, I was really in my head and I felt like my head was weak. Have you ever felt like that? Like your head's not strong? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like, my head is weak. It's not strong. I can't handle that. That's what the narrative I was telling myself. And he went off and did it when I was pregnant with my second baby, like about to give birth. I'm like, please don't die in Waberton <laughs> in some temple. Uh, and he was, he did the grandmother. And so he came home and I had been researching the whole time. Sure. I was like, and I'm like, oh my God, in, in South America and the Amazon, these women have their baby and they're drinking ayahuasca and they're giving birth and doing this amazing ceremony. And I'm like, whoa. So he's home. He has no idea what's going on. And I'm like debriefing for him because I've done all this reading and I'm like, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready to sit with it. I'm ready to to do this, to experience this because I've done so much head work. And if you're listening to this and you're really heady, this is actually a, a, a tool that back in the day was used and is now being used in medicine, microdosing and all of this. Yeah. Absolutely. So this is an actual tool. And so I'm like, I am ready to do this. And so we were going to do it here. It was going to be incredible sit in ceremony, a beautiful meditation. And something happened where I think it was a, a lockdown. It's probably 10 lockdowns that went down. And I was sitting just like you. I had done my boobs. I had pulled my boobs out. Um, I had implants and I didn't want to have them anymore. I just felt like, get them out, get them out. Took them out, was sitting and healing on the couch. And I got this message in like the left corner of my living room. 
And I'm telling you, Sheree, it was like I was sitting with the grandmother and it was like, who do you think you are that you're here to save the world yourself? Like you're going to change the world all by yourself and all the weight is on you. And you're waiting till you get on Oprah's couch and make all this money and do all this stuff to be significant. And like, it, I don't know, it was like a bitch slap from the medicine, but I hadn't taken the medicine, but I had, it was crazy. Wow. It was crazy. And I was like, it's exactly what I needed. And we're still going to obviously sit in ceremony, but I was just like, this identification with how much money we make. And we're still not there yet. We're still not there yet. And it's like, where are we going? What are we doing? So I honor you because talking about this is important, but also realizing that this has an impact in your life and how slowly, like little by little, you get these nuggets that it brings you. And I can imagine has the month and a half that's passed been like kind of affirming to you, or have you seen things that you or realize things? Yeah, realize so many things. And I think being in this environment in, you know, the Byron Shire where there's a slower pace of life and, you know, my work's changed because I don't have a board and I don't have investors and there's no pressure and I can just go a lot slower um, has been absolutely game-changing for me. Like my Mm. whole life when I was slow, I was like, no you know lost myself it was like Mm. my life's over you know I don't know what I'm doing I'm just lost whereas now I'm experiencing slowness and feeling that like how how much comes from slowness like you know Mm. I, I I took a day off last Friday and I looked at my emails at one point like to hang out with my daughter and all these sales came in and I was like wow you can take a day off and things can happen and like actually when you take time (laughs) off money and sales can happen and so Uh, yeah, my whole view of this hustle culture and this idea of go big and go hard at all costs and I need to raise money and I need to go global and I need to, like, I don't know, if those things come, that's wonderful, but that's not my focus. That's not my identity. That's not, Mm. you know, I want to enjoy what I'm doing. I want to be able to switch off and spend time with my daughter and my family and I, I, it's just it's such a massive life change of like what I believe to be important and what I believe that this world needs. And I just think the more that we can sit in like true self-care and, and, you know, the cycles that women go through and, you know, sitting with elders and storytelling and like just this whole other world Mm. that for us, it's like, the world we've lived in, I feel for me up until now, has just been this purely capitalist, make money, like go big society, productivity, yeah. productivity is everything. Yeah. yeah. Like, nah, I don't feel that anymore. I just, I think, yeah, there's just immense, I, I've, I've really opened my eyes up to a different way of being. And I don't know that people will notice it looking at me. I'm not sure, but for me, it's, it's been big and very yeah. profound. And that's the thing too. It's like, it's, it's the choices that you make and it's the the thoughts that you think, and it's the inner world. And it's the, you know, the, the pace that you feel you're moving on. It's your values that change. And maybe you're right. Like when I first spoke to you, I was like, Oh, you know, couldn't, it's not like you can see outside, but when you start speaking and you create your words, I mean, create your world with your words, it's different creation and it's saying no to certain things and yes to that. And uh, I think that one of the, the the most incredible things by by sitting with medicine or doing this inner work, whether it's spiritual, whether it's religious for you listening or whatever that is, that slow down, it, it's so true. It's like you can achieve more 
by doing less, but those that are doing more and faster and heavier and more and hustling don't believe that. And I was one of those like in 2020 burned out. I was like, damn, I got a fatty liver. Like, what is that? Mm -hmm. I thought that was for like super overweight people that ate like McDonald's every day. Nope. It is for confidence coaches in Melbourne, Australia. <laughs> like, this is like, oh my gosh. And it's that give, you want to give your soul to the world. And it's like, you cannot, you have to give your soul to yourself, not even your kids, not even your, it's, it's all about us feeling ourselves. Um, I'm so happy that you shared that. And I feel very honored that you shared it here, the unspoken podcast <laughs> with Cherie. Um, wow. So do you feel now, do you have like rituals or certain mm-hmm. things and ceremonies that you want to bring into your, your daughter's life to your family unit? Mm, yeah, definitely. So uh, journaling, which is something I've done my whole life, but mm. I just go in and out of it has been massive um, and setting intentions for each day. I don't always do it, but you know, if I can, it's just a great thing to do. Um, really trying to delineate what is work time and what is leisure time and not intertwining the two. And that's always my hardest thing. I'm a good multitasker. So I do yeah. everything at once. And that's just, you know, we know what happens there. Yeah. Um, you know, meditation practice. I mean, I don't do it every day. I do it once or twice a week. I do it with the one roof community. We have, we, you know, we do it at two o'clock every Wednesday. So that's like, you know, and then while I'm here, it's just really easy to go jump in the river, jump in the ocean. Like I've just found that to be, you just, you just, whatever negative thing is going on in your head or whenever shit is going on in the world something releases the second you jump into the ocean or into a river. Like it, yeah. you just cannot ever regret it. So and it, <laughs> it. Yeah. So it's so good. Um, <laughs> and then even other little things I've never done before, like, you know, ceremony around the the full moon. So we did like mm. a fire outside last night and like, awesome. I don't know, I've never done stuff like that. I, I don't yeah. consider myself a very spiritual person. Um, so little things like that, that I've brought in that, you know, more time in nature and, and really, yeah, even just like Zoom calls with my family and, and trying to asking questions like, you know, what are you grateful for? Or what's one positive thing you want to do this week? There's little, little questions and little chickens that are awkward for us to do with people we know and love, but are really important. Yeah. I think this whole time uh, as horrible as COVID has been and pandemic and all of that stuff, there's so much that I think a lot of the people I'm speaking to have taken from it. And it is the, I mean, you're in Byron, you know, and you're air quotes stuck there, but there's so much goodness that's happening there, you know, and over here, yeah, we haven't been able to do things, but we've been able to shift and pivot as well and have some more freedom and being with our children. I don't know about you, but I feel like I can never leave my children again. I know that's so weird, mm-hmm. but like, I used to just go to retreats and be like, yep, that'll be good. I'm fine. But now I think like my energy is with them. And I'm like, I feels like old school days where like you would be in this small group of 50 or 40 people and everybody knew where everybody's kids were. And I don't know, I feels, I, I like that. I like the slow down, the not rushing at 6am and running to childcare and doing this. And what are we rushing around for? So um, if anything you can take from this is like what positive, positive stuff has happened from 2020 till now for you. Um, and how can you implement that and make that a part of your day? And it sounds like you've taken this experience and went, Oh, my values, my time, my time with my family, with my beautiful, how old's your daughter now? She's 18 months. Oh my gosh. You like just had her? 
Yeah, it was the second oh, week of the first lockdown in Melbourne. <laughs> wow. Our lockdown babies. Yeah. No, exactly. it's, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, Cherie, what is what is next for you? What do you guys have coming up? What is mm. what's the next kind of uh, and not even next as big thing, but what's the next intention or where's your energy kind of moving towards in what you're doing now? Mm, yeah. So building the membership, you know, we have 700 members, as I said, let's get to 7,000. Like I yeah. can really see, you know, it going quite big um, and just really making sure we get all our offerings right. I think one of the best things that we're doing at the moment is our weekly masterclasses, but then also our Monday power-ups. So it's like any any member can come along and we have like a check-in session and we break people out into breakout rooms and have guided awesome. questions and um yeah the combat and then we bring everyone back at the end to talk and it's just an opportunity to share your shit share what's going on share what you need um work on your business rather than in it and I think those kind of spaces are just so crucial right now for us to feel connected so good. And share. So good. um we are wanting to like our next phase which will be early next year is is designing um women's circles so it'll be five women in a circle with a facilitator we'll start with um founders and then I want to look at doing um running these circles for corporate women as well um and probably we'll start virtually and then eventually we can be in person yeah but um yeah these like supporting women with a core group, an intimate core group, women on the same page with a facilitator and and having like we're just designing the programming at the moment and so, you know, you're meeting every month and working through. And it comes back to my point before about doing the deep work. Like the system Mm. is the system, but what are we going to do to know what we want and make sure that we're on a journey where we don't look back and say I sacrificed too much or I went down a path that I didn't want to? Like how do we stop that now and make sure we're on a path that we want to be on. Um, I love that so much. So needed as well. Like that checking in with your intuition and how you feel and what you desire. And I think if we come together in that space, I think that's going to be incredible, especially moving into corporate and getting groups together to really feel like, Hey, we've got your back. There are more of us and we all feel like you, but there are some of us who are standing up and changing things. And those that aren't ready yet can look to them like elders to be like, Hey, Oh, she's doing this. Thank you. Like you are a light for so many Cherie, cause you continuously show up and are doing this work and doing the inner work, not juggling motherhood, being in lockdown and displaced from where you live, but still showing up and being the light for so many people. And I think that that is that's going to go off those, this, please invite me to one. Cause that'll be amazing. <laughs> um, oh, oh my and gosh. We, and also yes. Erica, we have, um, and yes, I definitely will, but we have, um, you're running a masterclass a class yes. for our community. So that's on the 7th of October, which is my birthday. So oh, is it your birthday? Celebration. Yeah. And, you're um, and yes, I am. My and son is. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Talking about, um, building business resilience in uncertain times. So it is yes. for one roof members, but non-members can come so you can get tickets for that. Yeah, we've we've popped this link for these tickets into the show notes so that you can come. Uh, it's going to be great because I think a lot of businesses right now and, and even people in, in careers are really like, am I going to have a job? Uh, am I going to still have a business? Uh, how the hell do I pivot? Like these people and like Cherie's talking about, I don't know if I can do that. Mm-hmm. So um, the session is going to be about that. We're going to definitely be talking about some key tangible things that you can do um, right now to really build your resilience and your confidence in your business. So you can kill it in these uncertain times, because I think these are the times where 
real entrepreneurs go, you know what? Yes, it's gloomy, but we are going to take advantage of the rain and we are going to buy some umbrellas and we're going to, we're going to make it happen. You know, we're going to be of service. And I think the world needs, if you're listening to this and you're in business and you're thinking about creating something or you're wanting to attend this, the world needs what you have. So make sure that you don't run from this, you know, we need to run to it. So what can we do to create some solutions? It's going to be so fun. I'm going to share everything on Instagram as well. Click on the show notes. If you missed it too bad, so sad still click on the show notes if you're listening to this in like 2023 and connect with the beautiful Cherie. Tell us a little bit about the membership just so if anybody's interested and is like, I need a community to hang out with because business is lonely. Yeah. So I would say we call ourselves almost like an extension of your business. So it's like you have this network and you have us as a team to support you to get to the, you know, to whatever it is that you need in your business. So weekly masterclasses with amazing guest speakers like Erica on every topic, you know, like what, what Erica has mentioned, she's going to be talking about to, you know, um, scoring government grants or awesome. looking at like clickworthy blog content, everything. Yeah. And we record everything in our portal. So there's a library of all the masterclasses. If you miss it, we've got a list of industry experts. So you can book in free time with any of them, lawyers, accountants, oh, social media, so nice. marketing experts, everything. We do the Monday power-ups, which I spoke about. We have meditation. We have guided journaling every week. We do big conferences like the unspoken. Um, and then we have like troubleshooting sessions. So you can bring a business challenge to us and we'll help problem solve it. You can pitch your ideas to big groups of women and get feedback. Um, we do Instagram live interviews with our members. So we're always trying to think about how can we boost your profile, help you get more okay. clients. Yeah. And, and just know that you have this community of support to tap into. So um, yeah, wow. we personalize it as much as possible. Like we have an onboarding call and send you a welcome pack from our gift partners, which is Yay. metal social enterprise. And there's heaps there. It's a really, yeah, wow. And, and you guys have always built that beautiful community and you can learn from gorgeous Cherie who's done this work, like you're doing all the work and even what you built with your investors. Like, I know that so many women have questions like, how do you get an investor? Do I need an investor? How do I do it? Can I get money? How, like all the questions that you don't know. Um, I know you have an incredible amount of women and members and posse that come in and support. And so if anybody's listening to this, watching this, and you want to learn more, please head to the link in the show notes. Tell us your website and tell us your Instagram. Um, so people, if they want to connect with you, they can find out some more. Yeah, great. So it's weareoneroof.com and then weareoneroof is the Instagram handle. Um, Amazing. Yeah. Oh, I love you. Okay, last yeah. little bit. Um, what is like the biggest book or mentor that has changed your life? That's mm, funny actually because the mentor and the book, my mentor told me to read this book. So wow, um, cool. <laughs> that's cool. So my mentor is uh, Katrina Wallace who founded uh, Flamingo, which is an artificial intelligence mm um company they uh yeah and um oh. they listed on the stock exchange so she was awesome. it was the second business in ASX history to have a female CEO and a female chair so she's paving the way wow. um and is just an incredible support to me and then she told me to read this book the heroine's journey which I can't remember the author's name yeah yes brilliant and really spoke to me and um you know we talk about the hero's journey but what about yeah. the heroines and there was so much in there wow i love you that's the bomb everybody go and get it we're going to pop that in the show notes as well sheree i can't wait to squeeze you when i can and we can hang out in person 
Big love to you, woman. And thank you. I acknowledge you for all the work that you do for the women of the world. On behalf of all of us here, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks, Erica. Thank you so much for listening. I so appreciate your ears, your time, your energy, and your attention. Please do me a favor and head over to Apple iTunes. Subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. Share this episode with a sister who you know needs to hear it. And if you feel called to, leave me a review. I'd love to know what you think about the podcast. I'd love to know how this information is helping you change your world. Thank you so much for being here. I know that there are many podcasts you could listen to, and I really appreciate you listening to mine. Have a gorgeous week, honey.